our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, I read from verse 18 to verse 20. Genesis 14, verses 18 to 20. Genesis chapter 14, if you are there, shout hallelujah. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes, of all. Praise the Lord. Amen. The topic we're going to be discussing for a few minutes is, or let me say the topic we're going to be starting because we are going to continue this discussion next week, is encounter with the most high God. Amen. What did I say? Encounter with the most high God. En encounter with the most high God. Another name for the most high God is the El Elyon. So we're talking about an encounter with the El Elyon. And you will encounter him today in Jesus' name. Amen. You will encounter him this month in Jesus' name. Amen. Wherever you are, he will locate you and have a discussion with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Encounter with the El Elyon, the Most High. The first time... The name of God, the Most High, is used in the scriptures. It's the place we just read. It's when Melchizedek, the king of Salem, met Abraham. And Abraham was coming from a battle. We're going to be talking more about that battle later on. He had just fought a battle. God gave him victory. As I know that God will give someone here victory. Amen. I say God will give you victory. Amen. So God had just given Abraham a victory. I mean, uh, 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 yeah, Abraham a victory. And Melchizedek came and met him. And in the discussion between Melchizedek and Abraham, there are three things that were crystallized for us concerning the Most High. How many things? Three things were crystallized for us concerning the Most High. And those are the three things I'm going to discuss very briefly this morning. Is our thanksgiving service. I want to give us ample opportunity to give him thanks. And I hope somebody here is ready to give thanks. Amen. Anybody here ready to give thanks? Amen. The Lord will accept your thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. I said the Lord will accept your thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are talking about an encounter with the Most High. Three things that Melchizedek and Abraham, between Melchizedek and Abraham, they, they amplified for us concerning this man. And the first thing is, the Most High is the possessor of heaven and earth. What did I just say? Is the possessor of heaven and earth. You know there are some things you, that belong to you that you don't possess. True or false? There are some things that belong to you that you don't possess. In fact, that's why at times we have to pray. That's why the Bible says in, I believe it's Obadiah 17, right? Yes, that says, upon Mount Zion there shall be what? 
And what? And then what will happen? The sons of Jacob will possess their possessions. Because something they belong to you. But you don't possess them. If you are in that position today, that there are things that belong to you, but maybe somebody is sitting on, possess them in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, possess them in Jesus' name. Amen. That passage says, our God or the Most High God is the possessor of heaven and earth. By implication, he gives it to whomsoever he wills. Is that not so? Yes, the Bible tells me in Psalm 24 verse 1 that the earth is the Lord's. And what? The fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. When you go to the book of Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. God was speaking here. He said the silver is mine. And the gold is mine. Say the Lord of hosts. No wonder the Bible says seek ye first what? And his righteousness. And what will happen? All these other things will be added unto you. If you seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the silver and the gold will be what? Will be added unto you. Why? Because the silver and the gold belong to him. Very important. And because Abraham knew that, Abraham proposed in his heart that even though we have gone to this battle, we have won a war. And for those of us who don't know the story here, we are made to understand that after Lot was separated from Abraham, he chose with the eyes and he chose the value of Sodom. And then the Bible makes us understand that was a battle between the king of Sodom and another king. And of course, Sodom was captured. And that would have been no business of Abraham. But the message came to him that Lot and his household were captured. And so Abraham could not just sit down and watch. So the Bible says he, he took the, uh, the 318 servants, members of his household that were trained, and he went against four kings. He went against what? Four kings. And he won. You will win in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will win in Jesus' name. Amen. Victory is yours in Jesus' name. So Abraham and his 318 servants defeated four kings. And these were no ordinary four kings. We'll come to the Bible passage later. Because the Bible says these four kings had defeated another group of five kings. They are not ordinary warriors. Abraham with 318 men trained where? In his house. They didn't have interballistic missiles. But they had Jehovah missiles. And you know that that missile is also available to you. The missiles that the king of kings himself will throw. And he will discomfit your enemies in Jesus' name. So Abraham went and he defeated these four kings. And he brought back Lot and his household. And he also brought back lots of loot. Lots of, I mean, what you call uh, the, the, the rewards of war. But even while he was bringing back those goods, Abraham made up his mind that he would not Take any of those goods. And he made up his mind on that basis for one reason. He said because he doesn't want anyone to say, I have made Abraham rich. And we are going to spend some time on that part of the, of the scripture today, brethren. Abraham proposed in his heart and was 
and refused to be tempted to do otherwise. In Genesis chapter 14, Genesis chapter 14, from verse 22 to verse 23, 22 to verse 23, 22 to verse 23, or maybe let's take it from verse 21, verse 21. You see, Abraham already made up his mind that he would not take any of the loot of the world. And look at what happened. The king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and do what? And do what? Take the goods to yourself. I don't need the goods. Just give me the men. But Abraham already proposed in his heart before that time that I don't want any goods. I don't want any loot of war. Because I don't want any man to say what? I made him rich. And brethren, the king of Sodom here stands for Satan in the lives of children of God. Many are times you make up your mind. This is what I want to do. This is my purpose. This is my desire. Watch out for the king of Sodom. Tell somebody watch out, watch out. for the king of Sodom. Today is the second day of February, right? That means which month is gone? January is gone. For those of us that make New Year resolutions, I'm sure for many of us it also means that we can look back on many resolutions that we started well, but what happened? They are gone. They are gone. We have failed in the implementation. Why? Because, brethren, every time you make up your mind to do what is right, who is around the corner? Who is around the corner? Satan is around the corner. The king of Sodom is around the corner. Anytime you make up your mind that this is what I want to do. Once Abraham made up his mind not to take his prize of war, the king of Sodom was around to dissuade him from standing upon his conviction. Tell, tell somebody, stand upon your conviction. Stand upon your conviction. And God will see you through. That's very important. We know the story of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, from verse 8 to 9. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. Daniel 1, 8 to 9. The Bible says, Daniel proposed in his heart. He proposed where? In other words, Daniel did not tell anyone. He just made up his mind that I will not defile myself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine that the king drinks. Because these things are dedicated to idols. I am a son. I am a child of the living God. And brethren, was his resolve tested or not? Was Daniel tested or not? It's easy to propose in your mind. That is the easy part. And brethren, many of us, God has led us to make up our mind that we will do the will of God. That is the easy part. The difficult part is to withstand the temptation. Because, brethren, the meat they brought before Daniel, was it ordinary meat? Was it meat from God that has kwashoko? This was the best one. The choice meat. The wine they brought before Daniel, was it the wine that slaves drink? Remember that in Lebanon, I mean, as in Babylon, was, what was Daniel? He was a slave. He was a slave. The wine that was being given to him in the palace was not ordinary wine. 
It was sparkling wine. It was the wine that has many colors. Amen? As the red and the yellow and the green are colliding with each other, you will see the rainbow in the wine. Even the color is inviting. But because Daniel had proposed in his heart, he said, no, I will not drink this wine. And the Bible says in verse 9, in verse 9, Daniel 1, 9, he said, God had what? God had brought Daniel into what? Favor and tender love with the prince of eunuchs. I want to assure somebody here today, the favor of God goes before you. Amen. I said the favor of God goes before you. Amen. Why is that important? The moment you choose to stand for that which God will bless, God has gone ahead of you to make a way for you. God has gone ahead of you to open doors for you. But many of us, what do we do? We chicken out. That's why we don't chicken out. Or maybe we should say it another way. Don't be a vegetable. We know what vegetable is, right? The moment you apply little eat, what happens to vegetable? It suffers. It wills. It gives up. And that's the way many of us do. Meanwhile, God already gave favor unto the next man you will encounter. So that the person will look favorably unto you. Tell somebody, don't squander God's favor. The moment you make up your mind, I want to do it God's own way. He has gone ahead of you. He has planted favor ahead of you. Amen. And that favor will avail for you in Jesus' name. Amen. When you read that Daniel chapter 1, verse 11 to 15, you'll see that at the end of the day, Daniel was tested. For how many days? For 10 days. Only 10 days. And the Bible says at the end of 10 days, in verse 15, the countenance of Daniel and his friends was fairer and fatter. <laughs> Tell somebody fairer and fatter. Fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children that ate the portion of the king's meat. God just did some little adjustments to their digestive system. All the sparkling wine, all the meat, all the uh, well, whatever expensive food they were eating, God just made sure that it was coming in, it was doing what? It was going out. But Daniel and his friends that were taking bread, I mean, that were taking water and beans. As they were eating, God just had ensured that the beans was doing well to the body. Amen. 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 I remember, I mean, when I was growing up, they said, if you want to grow taller, what do you do? Uh, so you know it too. And then I, I ate beans. I was in a boarding school. Then we went on vacation. Then I ate a lot of beans. And by the time I came back to school, I was taller. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Joseph proposed in his heart. In Genesis 39, from verse 7 to 9, Joseph proposed in his heart. He said he would not commit adultery with his master's wife. But brethren, his resolve was tested. Every time you make up your mind to do the right thing, your resolve will be what? Tested. Your success, God smiling on you, God taking you to the place he has prepared for you, depends on you not falling to that test. The moment Joseph made up his mind, then his master's wife came. Genesis 39, from verse 7 to 9. She said, she, I mean, the Bible says she laid her eyes upon him and said, Lie with me. And he refused. 
In verse 9, he said, How can I do this? Great wickedness. And sin against who? And sin against God. But the woman refused to give up. And brethren, that's what we need to know. The devil doesn't give up. No. Tell somebody the devil no. doesn't give up. No. Why then should you give up? Tell your neighbor, don't give up. No. Your miracle is around the corner. In fact, I have good news for someone here today. This week is your week. Amen. I said, this week is your week. Amen. There's a news that is coming for you. Amen. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God is touching that womb. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God is doing a corrective surgery. Yes. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Joseph refused to yield. And one day, Joseph came to clean the house. And the Bible said, she caught him by the garment. In Genesis 39, 10 to 12. Actually, verse 12 now. She caught him by his garment and said, lie with me. What did Jacob, I mean, Joseph do? He left his garment. And he fled. And got him out. Joseph ran. Brethren, there comes a point in time that you do what? You should run. You should run. The Bible says, let him who takes his stand do what? Take heed, lest he fall. When you see that you are about to fall, remove your shoes, leave them behind, and do what? Run. 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 God will avail for you. Amen. In running, it might look that they will look at you and say, oh, you did it. You are, you are. Let God fight for you. Amen. Because you know what? God is still looking for men and women he wants to fight for. Oh, yes. The problem with many of us is God wants to fight for us. But what happens? We don't allow him. We don't allow him. We prefer to fight by ourselves. When you fight for yourself, you are digging a hole. And the Bible says, he that digged a pit shall do what? You will not fall in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not fall in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, brethren, that Jesus, was, Jesus, the resolution of Jesus was also tempted? It's not only Daniel. It's not only Joseph. Even Jesus, the king of kings himself, when he was here on earth, in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, from verse 1 to 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says, Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So the fact that you are being tempted does not mean you are not righteous. Tell your neighbor the fact that you are being tempted. Does not mean you are not righteous. Temptations will come, brethren. Jesus himself was tempted. The Bible says after he had fasted and he was hungry, what did the devil do? And he said, uh, brother Isaiah, you are very hungry. And I know you have some powers. Very easy. Rather than wait until you get, in fact, you may not be able to walk to the city for food. Do what? Turn these stones into bread. You are in the wilderness. There is stone everywhere. Do what? Turn stone into bread. Eat and be satisfied. The man will eat stone. <laughs> ah, but Jesus knew better. Tell what you must know better. Jesus responded by saying, it is written. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. It is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Bread alone will not sustain you. You need the bread of life. You need the word of God. Brethren, in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8, Isaiah 42 verse 8, the Lord said, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory will I not share. Will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. He doesn't want to share his glory. He wants you to be able to stand and say, to God be the glory. How many here will say, to God be the glory? Hallelujah. God will perfect your miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, will perfect your miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. In Proverbs 24 verse 10. Proverbs 24 verse 10. Proverbs 24 verse 10. The Bible says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength is what? Your strength is small. If you fail in the days of adversity, the days, like we, we learned in our Bible study on Thursday, every one of us will have a day called the day of adversity. Every one of us will have a day that will be tested. Every one of us. The question is, will you stand? Will you stand? So the first point we know about the most high God is that he's what? Is what? Is the possessor of what? The possessor of heaven and earth. The second point from that passage, from that encounter of Abraham and Melchizedek, is that the most high delivers the enemy into the hands of his own. The most high does what? The Most High delivers the enemy into the hands of his own. The Most High does what? He delivers the enemy into his hands. So that is why if you are in league with the Most High, you have no reason to fear the enemy. Amen? That's why you don't fear the enemy. Because the Most High with whom you are in league will deliver the enemy into your hands. That's what Melchizedek told Abraham. He said, that is why with an army of 318 men, Abraham defeated four kings. We don't know how big their army was, but four kings that are just finished defeating five kings, brethren, their army will not be 300. Abraham defeated them. Why? Because the Most High is the God that delivers the enemy into the hands of his own. Amen. And I pray for someone here today. Your enemies will be delivered into your hands. Amen. I say your enemies will be delivered into your hands. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 2, I mean chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 12 to verse 13. Verse 12 to 13, Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against powers. Against rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Say, wherefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to do what? To stand. You know, a man of God said, you know, the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said, but many of us, when we read that passage, where do we stop? We stop at, for we wrestle not. Amen? Amen. We stop at where? We wrestle not. Say, okay, the Bible says we wrestle not. So, QED, no more problem. That's where many of us stop. You say, oh no, that's not the way. We read it through. 
but we behave as if the Bible says there is no more warfare. And brethren, it's not over until what? Until it is over. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not fall in Jesus' name. Amen. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. Many are times when we talk about enemies, enemies, enemies. Brethren, enemies are real. True or false? True. They are real. But I'm not talking of your mother-in-law. I'm not talking of your father-in-law or whatever. The Bible tells us what we wrestle against. It says what? Principalities. Powers. Rulers of the darkness of this world. That's why a lot of evil happens in the dark. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why somebody can see that you are the most qualified person for this job and they will take your file and do what? Hide it. Hide it. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why somebody can see that uh -uh, there is no reason why we shouldn't give this sister her immigration document. But the Monday he wants to just sign everything and release it to you, he gets to the office, the file has disappeared. Spiritual wickedness. In high places. Brethren, either you believe it or not, some files become invisible. True or false? Yes. They become invisible because there's spiritual wickedness in high places. And you've got to wrestle with it. You've got to do what? Wrestle. Wrestle. We wrestle against spiritual uh, situations. When we pray at times, we pray so so and so die. Once in a while, be destroyed, be uprooted. We are not praying against human beings. We don't mention anybody's name. Amen? Amen. But there's a power that has made up his mind that you will not succeed, but you will succeed. Amen. I say you will succeed. Amen. Against all odds, you will succeed. Amen. Against all odds, you will possess your possession. Amen. Against all odds, in this Ontario, you will, you will discover the goodness of the Lord. Against all odds, yes, in this land, you will be lifted up. Against all odds, your testimony, your testimony, yes, <laughs> the world will hear it and say, I want to serve your God. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. In Daniel chapter 6, from verse 1, I mean, we, if you get home, you can read the whole of Daniel chapter 6. And what happened? The Bible says, the king set some people over his empire, over the whole kingdom. And he made Daniel to be the first among all the people he promoted. And because Daniel was preferred above, he was preferred above presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Yes. You see, the promotion of Daniel was because of God. Amen. God just decided that this, my son, must be lifted up. And I know God has made the same decision for someone here today. Yes. God has proposed in his heart that this, my daughter, must be promoted. Yes. So they couldn't stop his promotion. So they made up their mind that they would do what? They would bring him down. If Daniel had compromised, his, 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 his flesh would have been sweet at the mouth of the lions. But Daniel refused to compromise. Those people said, there's no way we can get Daniel. 
except we make him to deny his God. So let us make a let's, let us tell the king to make a decree that nobody should pray unto any other God for a number of days. They knew that Daniel would not compromise. The decree was issued because of only one person. And who is that person? So they issued the decree. The king signed it. They made sure Daniel was aware. And then they went and were watching out for him. In verse 10, brethren, there are people that are watching out for your failure, for your downfall. But they will be disappointed. Amen. I said they will be disappointed. Amen. The Bible says, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. His windows was open towards Jerusalem like he normally did. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did at four times. He knew that those people were waiting for him. And the Bible says in verse 11, these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And what did they do? They went to the king. It was then the king knew that this was a plot against Daniel. He did everything to free Daniel. It was impossible. He threw him into the lion's den and said, May your God, whom you serve continually, may he deliver you. I pray for someone here today. The God that you serve will deliver you. Amen. The God that you serve will give you victory. Amen. Rather than fall, you will rise. Amen. Rather than being brought down, you will be lifted up. Amen. We know the rest of the story. Daniel was cast into the lion's den. The king that cast him there fasted overnight. The people that plotted against him, they needed not to fast. Because the lions needed them to... And fatten themselves a little bit more. But in the morning, that's morning in the morning. The king ran to where Daniel was and said, Daniel is your God, whom you serve. Was he able to deliver you? And Daniel said, Oh king, live forever. Before my God, no evil was found before me. He sent his angels and they shut the lion's mouth. Every lion, every lion that is marauding against you, against your promotion, against your progress, God will shut their mouth in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, God will shut their mouth in Jesus' name. Amen. The king was excited. Daniel was brought out. The Bible says that those who have plotted for his downfall, the king said, bring all of them. Bring all of them. Like the Geo said, he said, the king said, if Daniel could have gone in there and come back alive, something must have happened to my lions. I want you to go and check. Yeah. He said, something must have happened to my... These lions are not ordinary lions. They are prized lions. If Daniel could go there and come back alive, something has happened to them. So I want you people to go in there and check what happened to my lions. The Bible says, before they got now. You know the way the Bible, the Bible says the lions did what? They had mastery of them. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. You will master your enemies. Amen. You will master your enemies. Amen. God will deliver them into your hands. In the name of Jesus. Whatever it is. So the first point we made about the most side is that what? He's what? The possessor of heaven and earth. What is the second point? He delivers the enemies into his own. Yes, 
He will deliver your enemies into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. The last point we want to make about the Most High for today is that He blesses His own. Especially those who enter into a covenant of blessing with Him. Through their tithes. He does what? I know it's a long sentence. But just put down for those who are writing. He blesses His own. He does what? The Most High blesses His own. A few weeks ago, I don't know, maybe months, in one of our messages, I mentioned what I call the three principles of blessing. I wonder if anybody remembers any of the three things I mentioned. Sister Natasha is smiling. Does anybody remember the three things I mentioned on that day? Three principles of blessing. Some, some people are looking at their, their notes. Yes, sir. Well, at least it's good you have, you have, you have a note. Praise the Lord. Our time is, is fast spent. But the first principle of blessing I, I said is that blessing must be specific. Blessing must be what? In other words, when I say God bless you, there is something you desire that you are going to put in place of that blessing. Some people want financial blessing. Is that also? Some people want fruit of the womb. Is that also? Some people want promotion. Some people want pro, I mean, uh, spiritual blessing. Blessing must be specific. That's the first thing. Number two is that blessing must be targeted. You don't just throw blessing in the air. Blessing is addressed to an individual. Is there anyone that God will bless here today? Who is that person? I know God will bless me. Blessing must be targeted. Blessing is addressed to somebody. And then the third thing, the third thing about blessing is that blessing must be triggered. Blessing must be what? It must be triggered. During the, when we were having our vigil, we mentioned one thing. That one, one thing that God does when we take communion is that you go to the scriptures. Many of times God will bless his people, bless his children. But he waits until that time that there is a meal. There is what? There is a meal. And it is then he releases his blessing. He has promised. But until there is a meal, before he does what? He releases. Go to the scriptures. It's a very simple and profound statement. Genesis chapter 18. Abraham had a meal with the, uh, the, the angels of God that visited him. And it was that day. Then what is that day? It was that day that he was, was told that in one year's time, Sarah will have a child. It was that day his name was changed from Abraham to Abraham. It was that day that Sarah's name was changed to what? To Sarah. You will have an encounter with the Most High today. Amen. I say you will have an encounter with the Most High today. Amen. Blessing must be triggered. That's the third thing we said. And then when we say he blesses his own. You see, Melchizedek met Abraham and blessed him. And when he blessed him, I need to be rounding up now. When he blessed Abraham, the Bible says Abraham gave him tithes of all. In other words, when Melchizedek blessed Abraham, the blessing is in, is in uh, uh, how do they put it? Is in, this, is in the pocket. You have the blessing, you put it where? In your pocket. This one is sure. But it needs to be triggered. And Abraham knew that. And what did he do? He gave him tithes of all. And that was the first place that tithe is mentioned in the scriptures. But it wasn't the last. I know we don't have time to talk about Melchizedek uh, a little bit more in details, maybe next week. But in Hebrews chapter 7, 
we see this, I mean, enunciated in details again. And it's very important. Maybe we should look at that Hebrews. And then we're going to round up. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 7, 1 and 2. Hebrews 7, 1 and 2. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Yes, next verse. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being by interpretation, king of righteousness. And after that also, king of Salem, which is king of peace. So, Melchizedek met Abraham and blessed him. And it was after he blessed Abraham that Abraham now did what? Gave him his tithe. In other words, when I say God bless you this morning, we are not even saying amen. Because I'm talking of tithe. I will say it. When I say God bless you this morning, what are you supposed to do? Amen. After saying amen, what, what do you do? That is what Abraham did. Melchizedek said, God bless you, Abraham. And Abraham went into his resources and he gave his tithe to, to Melchizedek. And Abraham had a testimony. Abraham had what? A testimony. You will have a testimony. Amen. You know, there's a song we sing that says, Abraham's blessings are mine. Hallelujah. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. Blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessings are mine. The story of Abraham, when it began to be expanded, started at Genesis chapter 15. Or was it Genesis chapter 12 when it was called? And then you go to chapter 15. Here in chapter 14, at the beginning of his story, in order to activate the blessing God has given unto him, he gave his tithe. And Abraham had a testimony. When his servant went to get a wife for his son, he said, And God has blessed my master greatly. God will bless you greatly. Amen. I said, God will bless you greatly. Amen. But you need to do what? You need to do what? You know what I'm saying. And even if you decide not to pay your tithe, acknowledge the truth. God will bless you greatly. Amen. But you need to do what? You need to pay your tithe. That was what Abraham used to trigger the blessing that was released upon him on that fateful day. We are talking about encounter with the Most High. Encounter with the El Elyon. And I said three things about the Most High were highlighted for us in the meeting of Melchizedek and Abraham. What are those three things? Number one, he's the possessor of heaven and earth. Number two, he delivers the enemies into the hands of his own. And number three, he will bless you.